2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Flats and Shanks Weekly Podcast. I'm Tom Shanklin.
3: I'm David Flatman. How are you, Tommy boy?
2: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm off to Hong Kong tomorrow, so what...
3: Oh, stop it. What you really... cannot
2: be good about that? Yes.
3: I didn't know about that. Why am I not part of this? Like, why am I not party to your logistics? I thought we were tight.
2: Uh, you work weekends, mate. Just yeah, for sure, a little TV channel called Channel 5. What? <laughs> well, you're signed to them. Whatever.
3: What contracted? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah you but go to Hong Kong. Essentially, you're a bit. It.
2: Yeah, essentially, you're a bit like a school teacher on weekends, though, aren't you? You know. Yeah. Everyone's got a mates a school teacher. I got one called Pi Sean James, right? But he can't do anything we want to do because he's tied into the system.
3: Yeah, he's in the system. He's a slave to it, and he's basically coaching the under fourteen C's netball team instead of going out with lads.
2: Yeah, exactly. All rounders. Um, or rugby. So you're going.
3: You're going go- go- to the sevens, right?
2: Just just quick on Pi, right? He's a he's a peer teacher, but he's the worst sportsman all rounder that I know. Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> doesn't mean you're not great at coaching it, but you know, just like things like Frisbee. He's just
3: rubbish. He's just terrible, is he? Yeah. Oh
2: god. Um, An anti-climax. Always has been. Um, but yeah, I'm off to Hong Kong tomorrow with Cathay Pacific. Um Cathy who? <laughs> Martin Murray, the chief financial officer. He's looking after yeah. us. There's a few of us going. Um, the, the Toy, Hastings say, CFO, brothers.
3: say CFO makes us sound way more corporate. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right, CFO, sorry, I had a breather. Oh, the
3: Hastings brothers, the big ones.
2: The big ones, yeah. They're out there. Andy Nichols out there. Great. Um, I'm doing something with Simon Shaw. So it'd be great to bump into him.
3: Will Jiffy be out there?
2: I'm not sure. I think Jiffy went um, for Wales in Hong Kong week, which was St. David's Day week in uh, the start of March. But so I met Shaw's out there a few years ago now, and I always remember we were at the Hong Kong rugby club watching some of their amateur rugby going on there. And he went into the toilet. I think I told you about this. And as, um, as he was going to the toilet, I finished, and I just did a massive, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the toilet, wasps, England. And Irish Lions Simon Shaw and he hated it yeah no, and as, as I was doing Shaw I just walked out <laughs> let him deal with it <laughs> yeah some of that yeah have I love, some of uh, that
3: I love I love a big announced entry with people that hate it because like if someone did it to you and me it'd be like nah rather you hadn't done that but don't really care but some lads hate it oh I've
2: done it I've had it done with me before by Blum and I've just gone under a table mate it's been horrific and it's even yeah. worse when people just sort of looking around thinking oh right. Yeah, I think I remember. Who? Yeah, I think yeah, I, can't remember. Remember
3: him. I remember. I uh, remember Matt Powell did it on, he did it on Danny Grucock all the time. And the best one he ever did was on Milsom Street, which is the main shopping street in Bath. And you just hear, ladies, it's packed. And I say, ladies and gentlemen, Bath, England, British Lions, it's Danny Grucock. And he's got a traffic cone off the road. Oh, even using better. it using a megaphone. Even Dan better. He hated it. Did it at his local pub as well, which Dan never forgave him for because he used to go in there all the time. Yeah, and just was like Danny's coming, do you want to do a Q&A? and A? And they're like, "What's a Q and A? Do you want to do a Q&A? Dan, quick interview with Danny? He's really keen to do it. So uh, just build relationships. They got in, and there was like a crescent of people. They moved him into like a semicircle, of crescent, and was like, "Here he is! Round of applause!" Tried to get out, we wouldn't let him out. Poor bloke.
2: Yeah, that. no, it's it's. I love doing it to people, but on the same uh, on the same foot, it's not that nice being done to you. Um, it's a bit cringy, but you just I deal with it, don't you?
3: Yeah, I often bring a head anyway. Yeah, to,
2: but... <laughs> you put an area out for me, please.
3: Yeah, so what you've been up to then. A little I bit could... of rope.
2: What I've been up to? Um, a little We haven't bit... seen each
3: other this week, have we? A little bit quiet,
2: to be honest, my man. By the
3: way, I've washed I've got your um, toiletries, socks, and pants. Yes, um, that you left at mine. I've washed them all. They're all ready. Okay. Oh great! It's so all done. So when I see you next, I'll give you your, your pants back, same as mine, and the oddballs ones. Yeah, and. The reason I know they're yours is because I stuck. I just put them in my drawer thinking them. I went to put them on. A bit tight for me, fella. A little um, bit. I think
2: they're large, aren't they? I wear I a large. I haven't washed
3: them since I tried
2: them on. Is that okay? That's fine. I, I yeah. prefer it that way. Yeah. I had a little Let's trip down to in London it. last week. Met up with um, Peter Scrivener. Yeah. Uh, just talking business, mate. Just talking business. In um, Gaucho, were you? Uh, no, we weren't in Gaucho, actually. We were his offices, which were sort of by bank. Uh, but I met up with your golf travel because I'm arranging this trip for the Cardiff Blues, like a, the Blues Foundation. We're doing a corporate golf trip to Parma. So I had to meet your golf travel. Um, yeah, Sorting all that out, just little things, you know, like the menu, the food. Um, Is
3: that Mallorca Parma?
2: Mallorca Parma, yeah.
3: Lovely place. Love it. Went there last year.
2: Yep. Smashed a few golf balls on a Thursday. And it's been a quiet weekend for me because, A, I wanted to watch the quarterfinals. And uh, B, it was Mother's Day on Sunday, and well done. C, uh, I'm off to Hong Kong on Tuesday. So, you know, you got to do the, you got to do the hard yards, haven't you, mate?
3: Of course you have. You got to get credit in the bank. Mm. Oh, he's the best guy. He's just the best guy. See ya. Smashed to five days. <laughs> <laughs> come back a shell of a man. Dust. You come back a husk of a man. Yeah. Worst, worst husband dad in the world when you come back yeah a few days, this is the, it's
2: the plane journey back isn't it? any turbulence you think you're gonna die <gasps> yeah, you, hope, <gasps> you hope you're gonna die in the end. So just take <gasps> me then just take me then oh yeah so um not a great deal I'll watch a load of rugby which as you know and i know i just and love and love it don't you um what have you been up to
3: oh fella boy um well when do we do our last pod
2: um, I think we did Sunday it Sunday or the yeah. Monday Sunday or Monday anyway
3: Monday I think it was Yeah, it was Monday uh but yeah so I had I, I a dinner with uh Christian Day who's the old Saints uh lock he works for the Rugby Players Association that's now, right so he,
2: son of Doris
3: son of Doris yeah exactly it um and and Daniel twi- twin brother of Darren Daniel Day. um yeah Lewis. so anyway there's more of them there's more of them okay so Jason he's uh okay sorry um he's so he arranged this uh thing in london at gaucho by the way gaucho are not a sponsor of this podcast it's just you normally meet scrives in gaucho don't you yeah and i happen to go to gaucho that's why i said it um so we went there and it was basically like a it was like a transition for a little chat by yours truly on how to transition from rugger to real life and how i'm kind of as i was say how i did it how i'm doing it basically and just b- bsing a yourself
2: away about... a- along your way through yeah. life, yeah
3: yeah, exactly. Just, just blagging it, basically. But uh, a lot talked a lot about, obviously, Michelle and how, how helpful she was and is, continues to be, and what a driver she was for me. Um, but also, but it was nice. So Stephen Myler was there. It was loads of guys there. Yeah. So Alex Waller was there, and Mark Lambert was there, some other guys. It was, it was really, really nice. Nick Fenton-Wells. And we just had a nice chat. But basically, I think they wanted it to be about two hours long, including dinner, steak, wine, bit of pud, really nice dinner, a private little dining room at the back there at Gaucho and Piccadilly up at the top, and yeah. it was nice. But unfortunately, they signed up the wrong bloke, mate. If you want to get away on time, don't sign me up as a centre of attention, okay? Because oh, I play no. the whole. I don't like being the centre of attention card. But once it starts, it's like quarter to ten, and everyone's like, "I've got to go." And I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that, people." Oh, it turns oh, out people like games too, so they they got they got it all, mate. But it was that was really nice actually. So yeah, did done that. And they went up to saris and hosted the uh, Saracen Sport Foundation London Air Ambulance, like a charity dinner they do at Allianz Park every year. And, you know, it it was just, if you weren't there, you don't know, man. But it was just lovely. Like, we had a, a couple of autistic kids came on the, um, well, they're like 18, to be fair, came on the stage with their parents, and they were just class. One of them was so terrified she wasn't going to come up. She was panicking. Yeah. She had her big sort of um, ear defenders on because the room was too noisy for her, and she was terrified about coming up. She came up and completely stole the show to the point where I said, "Oi, Lizzie, don't take the piss, mate. This is my show, all right. It's my gig. Don't care if it's all about you tonight. It's not. So you've done your bit. Get off." And we had a, we had a lovely time with them and raised some raised, loads, raised a lot of money, which is nice. But the that was wonderful, right? That was the most fulfilling thing I did last week. But the most fun out out and out fun was i did a day with triumph uk with triumph ah, motorbikes.
2: yes i saw you
3: and two the two things were amazing about it one was that we got to play on triumph bikes all day mm-hmm. and eat at uh, caffeine and machine which is uh tom ford is like a, if you're into cars he's a car journalist and used to do fifth gear and top gear and stuff and he's he loves but he, he set up this place called caffeine and machine and it's just a wicked place really good food and drink and stuff but Petrol heads or from all over the place drive there for lunch and dinner, and there's just the car park is just nuts. You'd have no interest. I was in heaven, absolute heaven. And um, so there were vintage Porsches, vintage Range Rovers, new special edition Range Rovers. There were CT, you know, Chevy C10, uh, V8 trucks, and oh, it was amazing. Anyway, did that. But I, Ian Wright was there. Yeah. Righty. It was me and Righty, mate, just cruising on the bikes. Me and Righty, although I, I'm not a massively fast rider. I'm touchwood. I'm pretty careful, but I, lo- I just like being on the bike. But Righty, I would describe him as a more progressive. He makes slightly more rapid progress on a bike than I do.
2: Okay. Holy
3: moly, he does not hang about. He really does not hang about. So he, we stopped every twenty minutes and half an hour and swap bikes and everyone had a go on everything. In the end, like, going, right? he's like, what oh, do you have to go on, Righty?" He's like, whatever, mate. Whatever I get on is getting ragged. <laughs> so that was it. And he was
2: just flying. But I saw a picture. Silly. You sent a picture on a WhatsApp group we are all on. And yeah. I was hoping you were there with him because I replied, didn't I? Saying, oh, Righty, ask him if he found that bottle of rosé in the that's bush. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Me, tell him right. Shank says hello. I, I, He'll know. He'll never, know what you mean. I've never, ever met the guy. I was just <laughs> hoping you were going to say something like, oh, I've got a mate, Shank. He says, do you find that bottle of rosé in the bush?
3: Luckily, I sent you the picture the day after, the oh, day I got back, the day after, so I didn't actually... I love actually, doing really that with people. Myself. Yeah, he's like, he's just... We, basically, we, he got lost on the way there because it's a funny place to find and We picked him up in the Morrison's car park and he followed us in his um, whip. And as soon as he got there, he gets out and says, like, all right, boys, how's it going? I'm righty, I'm righty, I'm righty. You know, and he goes, look at this, right? You know, Rude Hullet? Yeah. Look at the grot he's sending me on WhatsApp. <laughs> he sends a picture. Of, yeah, it's like dodgy videos on WhatsApp. Oh. and so, Rude it's the worst, mate. You know, and he wasn't name-dropping. He's obviously just no, open. yeah. Lovely man. Rav Wilding was there as well. Ex-Copper off the telly. Lovely bloke. So, it was just... And, yeah, it was just... Um, I mean, yeah, I, think I,
2: I think I'd get on with Rude Hullet, um already.
3: Yeah, he's, yeah. it turns out he's a bit naughty. But, yeah, yeah then a couple of chilled days, fella. Um, but I did a, a commentator with Ugo on um, Worcester. Mac Fessick was pitch side. Uh, Worcester-Quinn's the other night. And then... I was yesterday in the studio in Stratford, commentating on Larochelle against Bristol.
0: Oh, okay, um, in
2: the European and, Challenge.
3: Yeah, right. it's actually it's actually really really good game to watch. Larochelle were brilliant. They've been crap the last month, but they were really good. But it's one of those things where you're in the studio, but in not and you're not alive at the game because it's like we've got so many games we yeah. can't send a live crew everywhere. In the broom cupboard, so you're you at the broom cupboard down the tube they call it, or off tube or something like that. You basically look at a screen and do it in a little sound booth with Martin Gillingham, the commentator. And people, you know, the the, the unwritten rule is you don't pretend you're there because that's lying. You just don't mention it, do you? You don't tell them you're not there because then it seems fake or whatever. But I quite like to drop in the old, you smell that, smell that hot dog, (laughs) man. It is, it looks really hot. And you could, the players were sweating their tits off. Like it was so hot. I said something like, it looks really hot. It's actually freezing here. Yeah, God, the <laughs> sun. Is looking at me the like, sun
2: mate. is just incredible. I mean, just you won't notice it on the TV. Like, oh, but it's freezing. Where I'm you are.
3: <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's me, our kid. That's me, all right.
2: And that's our roundup.
3: Um, yeah. Hey, well done. Well done, mate.
1: Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: She got to the rugger. Yeah. Did you watch many of game? Have you seen highlights?
3: I've seen quite a lot, yeah.
2: Okay. Um well done you.
3: One game one game I've seen none of because my for some reason it wouldn't play the footage on my phone i don't okay. know why was of uh rassing to lose which apparently was the best of the lot oh life. yeah yeah but you can take I i've seen the try okay cool um, that's fine yeah
2: edinburgh munster yeah okay there was a a good chance i thought i was feeling quite confident that this might be edinburgh season um
3: what gave you and- that impression
2: well they've just they've turned it around um this sort of middle part of the season uh, Richard Richard has been there for a couple of years now. things are starting to work you know that you look at the the squad and the team there's players coming through they're looking strong you know you look at players like Darcy graham you know we didn't we wouldn't have heard of him um no. a year ago uh Duan van der Meer on the wing as well he had you know he's been there um and he's really come through this season um there's just Plenty of good players, really, there. Uh, Bill Matter at eight, what a carrier. Not Hamish it. Watson, back fit. John Barkley, back fit. He just sort of, I just sort of thought that this might be Edinburgh's time. And to be fair, they had enough possession and opportunities to win the game. But mm. I feel they just la- they lack that killer edge, don't they? Like Sarries, Leinster, Munster, you know, those types yeah. of teams have. They just know how to finish games. It does, it does separate
3: games. good teams from top teams, doesn't it? That
2: Massively, massively. And it's just little things all the time, which, you know, you look at Henry Pergos trying to slap the ball down. And, yeah. the, the, you know, the ref is blatantly saying to him, leave it, leave it, get back. And for some reason, he just zones out, doesn't he? Yeah. But Earlsey, the opportunist. He's very quick, isn't he? Man, he finished off another try as well in the corner. But, you know, he's... He's not... he always, hes always quicker than I thought he was every yeah. time I see him sprint. But you're talking about a guy who's not 21, 22 years old. He's, you know, with all due respect, he's probably coming towards the end of he's his... He's 40
3: now. He was 40 on Tuesday.
2: His career, but... And do you know what? Do you know what? He looks it. Okay. Did you think um, Conor Murray's judo throw, though, was warrant of a card or to call well, back... I I don't
3: I don't want you to copy me on this. So tell me what you think, then I'll tell you what I think because I know what you're like.
2: Okay, I think that's the way he's thrown. Purgos is is legal. It is legal. Um, Purgos lands on Murray's arm, on his back, doesn't go anywhere near his head. So I think play on.
3: You are old school. You think violence is cool, and you don't care about people's brains. I do. By the way, I agree with you. Okay, I fine. do. I do care about all those things, but. Um, I agree with you, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think there's, there comes a point, and I'm sure we'll talk about um, the incident, the Rassing Toulouse game, the red card in a minute, and I just think that we keep, as I said on the TV a couple of times of the day, I keep saying, we all keep saying, to the letter of the law, to the letter of the law, and I think the time has come to start promoting a modicum of common sense as well, and it's like Stuart Barnes said it once, but it's nothing to do with rugby, but he said it once, he says it's just like you know, doing eighty-five is illegal, but doing eighty-five on the M4 when it's completely empty at half ten at night, when there's or eleven at night, when there's no other cars on it, is not unsafe. No. So by all means, remind me that it's illegal. Maybe I should. But actually, you you can't really say that's dangerous. I mean, if we all if we're all honest, that's not dangerous as long as you're not on a mountain bike. So a bit of common sense, and for me, that didn't warrant a card. No.
2: But there's a couple of like Edinburgh. Um... They should have taken more points early instead of going for a line-out. Munster had a couple of real key turnovers, you know, like five metres out from their own line, which sort of just halts all of Edinburgh's, Edinburgh's play, really, and momentum. And then yeah. I just thought, like, Matter was unlucky. He gives a penalty away. I, I didn't think it was a high shot. Um, I thought it doesn't touch his neck. Um, I thought it was a fine um tackle, but... Penalties given, Um, but Mm -hmm. the the incident that turned the game was the Schumann incident, where he runs offline. He just changes direction, just to give Tagburn a little check, a little just shoulder. Gives him a nudge. He definitely gives him a nudge. He he runs out of his way, really, just a little movement to the right to barge him. But what a dive by Tagburn! Do you know what's incredible?
3: do you know what's almost as bad as that dive? Is that I'd done a tweet. I'd done a tweet this morning. It being Monday where we are now in this country. I'd done a tweet saying Jacob Stockdale's apologised for his cock up. Yeah, sorry. Those lines has type, and I've had. I've literally had. And everyone who's replied saying it, I've checked them, and they're monster fans. They've replied saying, "Oh, so it's all right to put the shoulder in." Oh, so you're saying it's as bad. as... Jacob Stockdale cost his team the game. Type Bird didn't. He's like, do you know what you're doing, lads? And it is all men. Do you know what you're doing, lads? Is you are, you are beginning, you are the very beginning of diving becoming acceptable in rugby. Yeah. That is where it starts. Football didn't go from no one ever dived to everyone dives like Muppets. It started off, it started off with it gradually becoming, you know, like the old, the old saying, you know, an alcoholic wasn't an alcoholic when he had his first pint. It gradually becomes more and more acceptable. And these are, these are the literally the people who are doing it. I said to one guy on Twitter, you are making diving acceptable. You are the beginning of mm. it. He needs to apologise. And now, because he's one of the best players in the world. And that was
2: disgraceful and embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Um, I'd like Athetic. to think I'd never do that. Honestly, I would. He'd that, never if, have done that, fellow. That fella Schumann boy. line is something exactly that you would do or would have done. 100%. Yeah, I could just imagine you just... Cheap shot. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's not really... A, it's not a massive cheap shot. You're just saying, here I am. Just annoying. This, and this you is kind, me. you
3: kind of... Yeah, you kind of want to get in the way. Yeah, you it's annoying, isn't tough. it? It's annoying. You kind of want a bit of a scrap about nothing because you're not having... You know, I wasn't that talented. So it's like, if I can cause something that, you know, at least make, reminds the coaches I'm in the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, the highlight was Keith Earl's finish, though, for his second try. And you watch this, okay, because... Especially off line out plays, right? Nines defend the blind. Okay, so they defend the blind. But if the plays switch back, then your nine is covering your wingers' position. And Pergos again just shoots out the line. Yeah. And you're down on numbers. The best wingers do it. Um, but the best wingers are used to doing it and more often than not, you know, they'll take man and ball, you know, they'll just halt that attack. Someone yeah. like Brian Habana, you know, is just amazing at it. But if a nines are in those positions, you've just got to work with your back line. You've got to trust them. Um, you've got to trust your inside, trust the system, and push them out to the corner. Henry Purwell just flies out, and it just gives Keith Earl that outside break, and the cover's coming across. So it's not as if he's going under the post, but a bit of a, a defensive error there. But look, it was I thought it was a really good performance by Edinburgh, and they just need to find that ruthless side to him, don't they, if they want to progress further in the competition.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk... Let's just go straight to it um, and talk about the Jacob Stockdale thing. And let me start by saying to you something Kenny Logan said to me years ago. Watching a game together, and he said, why, oh, why do players do that? I said, what, Kenny? And he said this to me, Tom. Why do players score... If, if there's space, they're trying to get run under the post, fine. Yeah. Why do players score so far over the try line? Why don't you effectively aim for the line or six inches past it why do you have to sprint over the line
2: because it's going to hurt maybe if you dive in at that pace potentially maybe
3: but maybe but surely it's not going to hurt as much as getting twatted is it by somebody so it's like i it just was i mean poor bloke he doesn't need any more hammering from people like us you've got Um, to
2: score that though, mate i'm sorry you've got to score that try Um, oh tommy
3: it's absolutely uh, unforgivable is the wrong word because i forgive him but it is that is Absolutely shocking lack of concentration. That is a lack of focus. It's from the, the biggest blunder you
2: can do. And you, you just think how that try would have just completely changed the game, okay? So, yeah. Leinster then get a penalty, clear their lines, and a couple of minutes later, Cronin makes a break, nearly loses his shorts. He's trying to pull him up as he's running and feeds Adam Byrne for a try on the right-hand side, which was an unbelievable pass. The bloke's got two guys on him yeah, he still managed to get a pass away to but He's
3: been de He's de himself. Yeah,
2: and he's trying to pull him Cutting, yeah. um, So What like, a game he had. Yeah, Oof. I mean, that was, an, that was like, I'd say, international intensity. You know, you had the grit, the collisions. You had the niggle, yep. the lot. It was such an intense game. Um, and so much went on as well. And you've got Ross Byrne, who was in for Sexton. Uh, and, you know, he's he missed a couple of kicks. Kicks. He's cramped up and nails the winner from seventy-two for, uh, on the seventy-second minute, right from the corner.
3: His his kick pass game is pretty good, isn't mm, it? Very good.
2: Yeah. Did you see uh, Cooney's jaw after the match ended? No. He's obviously taken a massive knock on it. Oh, it was swollen. It was Jamie was Roberts-esque. It? Yeah, massive. It, it was, was that huge. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, it was. And like, but See, also. Jeremy Roberts'
3: jeans at the weekend. Oh, you yeah. Did, you we'll, tweet about
2: them. Yeah, we'll pick up on that in a bit. Fella. I know. I know. Fella boy. I know, yeah, but we'll get to that. Ring Rose gets uh, charged down early doors, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and also, start off really well. I mean, you've got to feel sorry for Ulster. And Dan McFarlane has, he's done a great job in a short time there for him. There's no doubt about that. But it was theirs for the taking, I thought. And I love the McCloskey mm. delayed pass to um, oh, Billy Burns. It, it Like, you just have to hear the commentary on Ben Kaye's climaxing in the comms because it's yeah, that nice. He,
3: apparently, he did actually climax. wasn't when to tell anyone, it's but he did so, actually have one. He had it's one.
2: such a delicious pass. Um, and it hits Marshall, who comes back from injury and scores a try. But somehow, um, Cooney misses that kick, which I can't believe yeah. either.
3: Yeah, stunning. Yeah. I mean... I agree with you in terms of the intensity of that match. That was, I mean, I've watched plenty of test matches that weren't anywhere near as intense as that. I mean that you could, you could watch a six nations game between Ireland and France and it is not at that quality and it is not at that physicality. It's not there. No way. There were multiple games in the six nations, which was a great six nations, really, really good and competitive. There were multiple games that didn't achieve that level of intensity. Wales, Wales played in most of the ones that did because their defense was so aggressive, but, it was that was just magnificent and I I must say I I do think Jacob Stockdale, you absolute muppet, but I do think poor bloke I really feel sorry for him because he must have woken up feeling like crap. Yeah,
2: and it's not as if he's been a poor player over the past two years either. Six Nations player of the year last year, he's had an incredible rise to fame. He's he's classer just his ability to get himself free from four tackles of Leinster players was was just was incredible to watch anyway.
3: Yeah, but hang on, hang on, right? We're missing something. You've got he's broken tackles of one or two committed defenders who Park couldn't off. quite get there. And he's also broken the tackle of someone um who had absolutely no interest in colliding with him and jumped out of the way. Um was it Jordan Lama playing um fullback for Leicester? Yes. Yeah, no interest. He had absolutely I'm remembering it right that he went through and Stockdale cut inside and went on inside of Lama. There was no. There was. He goes no on the wheel. outside.
2: I think he fends off Lama. He goes. He basically just goes around the outside. Who was
3: it? He kind of goes through. Um, anyway, whoever that was, I can't bring it up on my computer now because I'm Willie Larue. It. That's it. It must be. But it literally, whoever it was, I had zero interest. It was a proper because Javier Garbajosa was the old French legend was coaching. Uh, he's coaching La Rochelle now, and I was just thinking about in comms. Was like that was one of his tackles. Just I'm sorry, as a professional. You have not got a nail, everyone, but you stick Mike Brown there, mate. Yeah, and he just doesn't score that try. I mean, he he might he might do him on the outside, whatever. He ain't just going through him like that. It's embarrassing.
2: I just every time I see Stockdale and Aluso, you just realise how quick he is because he's a big bloke. Yeah. Mm.
3: Did you see what his under twenties coach said about
2: him? No. Never going to make it. Interesting.
3: No, he said it's interesting because he used to give us quite a few frights when he was playing twenties because he likes to put the ball down one handed or something. He likes to go a long way over ah, the try line. Okay. And, we often used to think, God, you're cutting it fine. Effectively, that's not verbatim, but it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it turns out, you know, it's a bit of a habit. Um, so he might, he might think about that now.
2: It's such a skill, though, to be able to hand someone off. I think it's Lama that hands off, but then accelerate when you're doing it as well. Yeah. It's sort of like you use their momentum to just propel you forward. Um, yeah. You know, really enjoyed watching that. Um, I, feel, I feel sorry for him because he's such a... Yeah, and the camera was on him straight watch. after the game as well. and no, He was no, just on brutal. his own. But, you know, you, unfortunately, you're going to feel like that for a bit, and rightly so, but you'll get over it. He's a he's a quality player. He's a lion in the making, that's for sure. Yep. Um, just before we get on to Jeremy Roberts' jeans, uh, we'll pick up on Saracen's Glasgow. Um, Stuart Hogg's hair, seen it? Eminem. Mate, Beep and beep <laughs> Yaz. Yes. The what's he done to it? I know. What's he done to? I can oh, he's had a shocker there. He's had a complete I shocker. I mean, what is it? It's not it's even not his own. It's Pope not even Bobby. his own hair. And not even a bad bloke. It just looks. Oh god, it looks awful, doesn't it? He's going through some sort of midlife crisis, I think. Some identity crisis. He needs.
3: Yeah, he needs to get a motorbike, mate, and a leather jacket that's what um, he needs like me and Paul Hollywood.
2: Before we crack into this game, uh, Saracens have absolutely destroyed Glasgow and Jamie George has said the best is yet to come. Can they get better Um, than that?
3: Yeah, and do you know what? They scored a shed load of points. They did? Tons of tries. Was it seven tries they scored? Something like that. I honestly don't think the scoreline does Sarri's justice. I think they were better than that. Mm. They were so dominant. Glasgow come back
2: and the, score a couple towards the end, but the game's already. Yeah, won
3: but you ne, but ne- but yeah, the game's dead. Mm. But Sarries were so much better than Glasgow that even though we know how Sarries, how good Sarries are, it did actually surprise me how superior they were. It also surprises
2: um, me how good they are with Alex. Good at ten, and he, I know he yeah. started the last four games at ten, but for the last ten, twelve years, predominantly he's played fifteen, and yeah. there is a huge difference to playing. 10 and 15 I mean it, I don't care yeah. if you've played it when you're younger and you're playing it through up to 18s up to under 19s level when you're playing sport professionally top level in a men's game and you're not playing at 10 week in week out that is the most important position that and nine to be playing every week if you want to be a quality 10 but he just takes it in his stride it's unbelievable
3: yeah he does and and he it, it obviously is fantastic and what player but
2: he's behind a great pack
3: yeah, but I, I spoke with Paul Grayson the other day when I, last week when we we're doing the live series game from um, London Stadium, London Stadium, and he said, and he he was like, it's an interesting one because he he said he watches him, and there is a difference between. He's clearly a wonderful player, right? But put him in a team that isn't dominant. Put him in a team that is goes through periods of struggling during a game, whatever. And actually, there are you can watch every now and again. And he, I can't remember what he did last week, but Grace showed me a couple of examples. And he's like, "That is where having a flat out natural ten, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen because you have got someone who naturally has been there a hundred times, and yeah. you can spot someone who's about position." And he was actually saying something similar about Max Malins, who's a lovely fly half, but he's like, "But." this kid has always been so talented that he's probably never had to get himself out of trouble that much mm. get to prem level. And that's why potentially Max Malins is better suited to 15 and the same with good because they're actually, yeah, they're not nat- natural tens. It's quite interesting. So yes. yes, I'm not saying he wasn't great. He was, but they were, yeah, so but I'm not saying dominant.
2: he's a 10 either. I'm saying from the step up to playing 15 for 12 yeah. years, to be able to play 10 and to be able to play it so well is incredible. It's amazing. It's amazing.
3: I agree with you entirely. Um and but, Liam Williams. Oh, sure.
2: Like that chip that he collects, that's it's nearly um undefensible because you've got someone that's so good in the air moving forward who's able to leap like that to take the ball down. It's like how do you defend that if you unless you're seven foot tall? It's really hard. And it also shows you that you don't have to be a big guy. You don't have to be a big bruiser, 18, 17 stone to hit those short lines off nine. Yeah. He just skips through that tackle. It's just timing. It's having the eye for the gap. And what about and it's Jamie? It's courage. Yeah. It's courage, actually. Yeah, you've got to be yeah. brave. What about Jamie George's pass?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's the little one off the breakdown, you mean? Yeah. Do you know, and I, again, you would have seen it. I tweeted about it and... There's always one. I know we don't swear on this podcast. There's always Damn. one bell end. I didn't. That's not a swear word. Okay, I won't. Okay, use different word. There's always one chopper who will reply and say, uh, "I think you're getting a bit excited, mate. It's just a pass. If he can't pass off his left hand, he shouldn't be a professional." It's like, yeah, we're not saying it's the world's greatest pass, you mug. What we're saying is, it's a brilliant piece of awareness from a front rower, not just a tight fiver, a front rower to do ultimately what looks very simple, but actually is a is naturally a scrum half job. There isn't another, you wouldn't, no other player in the team is expected to do that as naturally as he did it. And it's great game awareness. It's great positional awareness. He's not just a front rower who's steaming into breakdowns. Mm. He's listening. He's obviously being told, Jenks, we got it. It's on, it's on, it's on. Lift it, lift it. And he just makes it look so simple. And it's like the Cipriani passes. It's like, oh, well, he had the advantage or Sarries are winning by loads, whatever. Okay. Why isn't everyone else doing it then? Why aren't, why aren't the other top players in the country doing that? And it's because they're not as good. There'll be backs, That's the main reason.
2: There'll be backs that wouldn't be able to throw that pass because it's a missed pass. It's about identifying a 2v1 and hits his yeah. man and Strutt scores. But I'll tell you what sums up Saracens, right? This, this try, the Barrett try, just sums them up because it's off the middle and it's clean off the top. You've got your, your best carrier in the backs, Barrett, over the gain line. Yeah. You've got your second best carrier, Vinopola, over the gain line. But what, it, what really impressed me is, is how they realign when they get back the speed in which they realign when they flash back is, is brilliant. Barrett just carried one before with He gets himself back in a position. They flash back. There's two ways of attack. And, you know... Saracens aren't looking to, to score first or second phase. It's the third phase where they're looking to cut teams uh, in this play, and they just do it superbly well. You've got the winger then. I'm not sure who it is on the wing. I'm not sure if it's Ali Price or whoever. He's got a decision to make. Does he stay out for Maitland or does he jam in for Barrett? And then Lazoski yeah. just puts Barrett through the hole. But that is just that straight off the training field. And as I said, you know, they're, they're doing A and B to cut teams at C. And. Yeah. They're so good at that, and that's not the first time that just happens. Most weeks for Saracens,
3: yeah, they were hugely impressive. Would you would you look at that performance and think that makes them favourites, or do you think Leinster surviving a game like that and coming through and winning it makes them favourites? And I'll, I'll add to that question: good. Do you think that? Do you think one of the things that if you, someone tweeted, who was it, Murray Kinsella or somebody tweeted? Um, I Don't know. If it was a list of basically the, the venues for um, Leinster's last, whatever it is, twenty twenty five knockout games in Europe. And almost all of them in bloody Dublin. And it's, it's a neutral ground because it's not their home ground, the Aviva. But they get home advantage so often. Like, yeah. and you look at it and think, hang on a minute, I'd like to see everyone else's. That doesn't look fair at all. To the point where I love watching Leinster play. I'm not a hater. That is not fair.
2: What was your question it's, to me? There's two parts. The question
3: is, do you think that's ridiculous and they should... Do you know what? If an Irish team is playing an English team in Europe, they should go and play in France. But then maybe nobody go and watch, that so doesn't work. Um, and do you make Sarri's favourites now?
2: I would say, I'm not sure if Sarri's going to be favourites. Leinster would have taken more out of that Can you game. you give me a decision, please? Leinster, Leinster would have taken fence. more out of that game than Saracens would, because Saracens, yeah, a lot of their training field moves worked and they scored a lot of tries, but Leinster were really in a dogfight there. Um, they really had to pull through and mm. You, Lens will certainly take more from that win than Saracens Saracens just romped home. Um I think quarter final I think it, it's worked out with how many points you've got so I think you know that the incentive is to finish as high as you can in your group. Um semi finals yeah I agree should be neutral venue but I certainly think you know if you are finishing with the most points in a court for in the uh, in the group stages you should have a home quarter. Yeah. Um can we get on to the jeans now?
3: Yeah. Okay. Um you know what? Let's get on to Jamie Roberts jeans and let's talk about the grief he gave me.
2: Yeah, cuz I texted him straight away. Good, I knew you would. I knew you would. One of the one of the boys um put it on the group we're on and uh I said, "Oh, that you had to go at flats last week, didn't you? Oh, a couple of weeks ago about it, didn't you?" And he went guilty. Yeah. I went have this. Um it's had quite a few retweets. Been quite I've been I've been quite happy with it
3: have you has it gone well for you that one I mean there was
2: loads of things I was going to put you know but you obviously you know if it's on social media you have to be fairly clean Um, yeah part I was going to write what I can see what you had for breakfast there mate Um, but they were they were extremely tight and he's a big bloke as well he's got big legs but these were just these were gripping around the quad as a lot of jeans do for rugby players because you've got big quads but they were gripping around the calves as well
3: Yeah, but I get that fella. I get that real bad. Um, Whenever I stand up, every time I stand up, I have to just... mm. Luckily, I'm still more flexible than I look. I have to bend down and pull my jeans back down towards my shoes because my calves pull up my trousers. But his aren't mutant calves, I don't think. Maybe they are.
2: Uh, No, they're they're, they're all in proportion. I'd say yours are are, are fairly large compared to the rest of you.
3: How about that for the stadium? How about that?
2: How about it? How it, about it? it? It's like a disco, isn't it? It's like a discotheque. Yeah. It's just, I'd love to have played there. I'm never going to play there um, unless I make a comeback, which probably could. But I want to go and watch a game there. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Loved yeah, it. the, the jeans—the jeans were the highlight at the start. Um, but right, should we crack straight in to the tackle? Yeah. Okay, so. <sighs> go on, you go first because I don't want to upset
3: you. This is where you're not going to upset me. This is where you I mean I mean this Tom, all right? You and I as ex pros who you know to whom quite a lot of people listen every now and again or weekly, we have to be careful because we don't want to slip into that games gone soft stuff, which is a load of rubbish. 100%, however,
2: mate.
3: 100%. 100%. However, I do I mean watch that watch the game. I mean it's anything but soft. It's brutal the game now. So I do, but this is what I was talking about. The doing eighty-five on an empty motorway is not the same as doing eighty-five in central London. It's mm-hmm. kind of, I think, a bit of, what's the? What I think it is. Is it common sense or is it just a little bit of human, a little bit of empathy and a little bit of, a, but yeah, a bit of empathy and a bit of understanding and a bit of perspective needs injecting into it at the moment. I think because it's a little bloke who's aimed at a perfectly reasonable height, five and seven, at the last second. Yeah, tiny bloke, but that doesn't matter. Like Kyle Eastman has had some red cards the last couple of seasons and they've been rightly red cards because he's smashed in with a swinging arm and he's nailing people. But it's different. He has aimed at a perfectly reasonable height for someone who's, you know, small bloke anyway. It doesn't not that makes any difference. But, and the last minute, the ball carrier has basically dipped down to try and give him the big Luke, cowan Dickie smash off. And it's yeah. like, it is, for me, that is, that is categorically not his fault. And I... I feel like unless we just go purely to legs, which, by the way, I think it's in France they're doing it in League Two or, or, or universities or something like that. They are somewhere in the world. They are trialing legs, hips, and below. So no upper body hits at all. In Never going to work. That's how it goes.
2: Never going to work. But
3: while, while the laws are as they are, I think you have to say, yes, he made contact with the head, but I'm sorry it's just not his fault. And I'm going to go even further and say I wouldn't even have given a penalty for that. Right. What do you think? Do you disagree with what?
2: Well, David, um, shoulder made contact with the neck area. So I can see why people would think that is a red card, okay? But it can't always be just purely on outcome. It can't because then you're just breaking down the game. Every single ruck, every single maul. if there's contact with the head is a red card. It can't, it cannot be like that. Um, Totally agree with you. I'm not one of these the game's gone soft at all. You know, it's it's more brutal. It is harder. You're hundred percent right. But as you've said, Imhoff does dip. He dips low, and you can see that. Um Holmes has to make a tackle. It's a difficult tackle to make. It's the right tackle to make as well, by the way. You know, in terms of technique. That is the tackle yeah. to otherwise, you know, you're gonna go low that is when you're going to get concussed as a tackler because you're going to get knees, you're going to get shoulders. It's the correct tackle for, for that type of tackle. And Luke Pearce actually says um, he wants to have a look at it to see if the player is lower in his height, and him off is. So I don't see why he's, he's asked that, but yet he's just blatantly ignored it. Um, so he sets himself early as well, Holmes, doesn't he? He's five foot 7 he's gone low, he's attempted to go low, but there's been contact with the head because Imhoff has lowered his height to try and bounce him now I agree mate it's not a um, it's not a penalty I think it's it's a great tackle play on and I think it's very easy not everyone has come out and said um, that it's uh, a penalty or not a penalty a lot of people come out and said it's a red card but I think it's easy to say it's an easy option to say it's a red card because You're not going to get the abuse on sh- social media you're not going to get abuse from from any people that are involved in the medical profession or doctors or people who've had past injuries with um, uh, with head injuries so for me it's just a it's a safe option right red card move on but for me that is it's not at all it's it's a yeah. good tackle it's play on it, you have to have a responsibility as a carrier as well it cannot solely be on the defender. So yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I I, mm. I I say I struggle to disagree with you, but it's almost like I want to disagree with you, but I don't. I I do agree with that, and there are lots of people, and it's obviously it's completely fine. To think what you like, and I don't. It's subjective. You and I saying, it's, it's
2: subjective, isn't yeah, it? We, yeah, because we've never have...
3: minded people disagreeing with us, nope. which is handy because lots of people do in our line of work. But lots of people and people who know every bit about rugby as we every bit as much about rugby as we do are saying, "Well done, Luke Pierce. I must say, I really like Luke Pierce as a ref. I just, and he's got a great tan all year round. So I, I find that suspect, but I don't agree with that. And I, for me, it's like, you know, it's unfortunate. We don't want that, don't collisions with your heads, but this is just, you know, what what do you do unless you've got, unless the laws say you can't tackle with anything but the legs, hips and legs, mm. until then this is going to happen. And I think we need to be a bit more sensible about it and say, well, yes, the contact with the head is or the chin or the head or the neck has been made and we don't want that. However, it was, you know, it wasn't actually, there was not a lot the defender could have done about it under the current laws. No. So, no. I, I agree with you. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you.
2: But it's just the way, he, you know, Luke Pierce actually is explaining it and saying he cannot see the attacker lowering his body height because that is a reason why that he potentially might not give a red card. But yeah, he blatantly is. But anyway, um, Toulouse started in sixth gear, didn't they? Massive turbo injection. Yeah. Medard yeah. with the burning man in side chops. Yeah. Wow. Um, Still got it. Yeah. Or
3: rather got it again.
2: I mean, we we were... I'm not sure if we picked a pont or not in our Six Nations um, number nine uh, team of the tournament. Mainly because he, I don't think he started the first two games, but he goes under the sticks for the first try and he scores another try as well.
3: We We didn't pick him at nine because... But he didn't start we, the first
2: two games. Didn't he? He, de- he definitely didn't start the first one. I'm pretty sure he didn't start the second one.
3: No, he he, no, he wasn't. He didn't. But he, he's fabulous, but he didn't play that much was the main thing. But then yeah. Finn Russell, we basically picked him for his second half against England. So
2: <laughs> but anyway. Let's we, be fair. There weren't that many thing. tens who were sticking their hand up through that tournament either. No, no. Um, but talking about Finn Russell, I mean, when he's on fire and on form, it's like watching slow-mo. And I mean that like as a compliment because everything he does... Is sort of slow motion. Just makes the right decisions, you know that intercept and the grubber for Teddy Thomas. It's yeah,
3: just glorious. It is, isn't it? Yeah,
2: you know it's you know you're making the right decisions like that, executing skill like that for someone like me. You'd have I'd have to slow that right down to jogging pace for that to work. But for him, he just manages to do it on with full steam and you think the red card then to Holmes is going to ruin the game but it doesn't at all there's a couple of yellow cards for Rassin yeah but there's a couple of yellow cards for Rassin which help as well because they're down to 14 a side then yeah uh but what was nice though is you get um Colby returns a kick you get two long passes quality passes and Tozan out the back and he oh, what, he came in late for Huge as well. I know, what was that. I know. <laughs> you know what? It, it it's incredible. I've not seen a pass like that. I have seen a couple of passes like that, but not you see them in sevens, really. You don't see them in fifteens. You see them from a, someone in a Fijian shirt, don't you, at Dubai or Hong Kong. Yeah. You don't see it in a quarter final of a European cup. And no. it's it's unreal. That outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. It's outrageous!
3: I lo- absolutely loved it. Watch it. Watched that a hundred times. It was just brilliant.
2: And Dupont's uh, second try, you know, Finn Russell, who loves shooting up out the line, he loves shooting up out the line, partly because it saves him from making a tackle, and it doesn't yeah. have to make a, an aggressive tackle, and he can make a wrap tackle. Also, he shoots up for the intercept. But for Depont's try, it doesn't work because Russell shoots out the line, takes no one, and he ends up making Depont's decision for him. So yeah. he's shot out of the line. Dupont has really no other option but to step inside. Footwork and pace, season through, but yeah. what a game though! I love watching that game. It, it was, was yeah. for me. It was a, it was the best game of the weekend.
3: Oh, you think it was better than um, mm. Leicester? ulster you... fella, maybe. You think it was better than Worcester Quins?
2: Didn't see that one. It wasn't great,
3: actually Worcester quinns It was all right. It wasn't great. Mm. Um, not, not not too special. Um, yeah, okay. It's so it's a tight one. It's a tighty, it's a tighty. But what would you say? Mm, I'm going to go if you don't mind. Thing is, talk me through. I say... Talk
2: me through Worcester Quins then.
3: No, no, I mean, who was there? I was there with Hugo. All right. Okay. And Mata Kvicic. Um and it was. Do you know what? It was fine, but I did watch it and think. I reckon Worcester are going to go down. You know, because um, they are. They got so many good players. They are very good. They were kind of almost constantly in Quinn's third of the field yeah, from start to finish but they just hardly scored any points. It was quite odd. It was like they're just not that good at scoring points and they've got some brilliant players but yeah, it's just it, Quinn's got a couple of chances and their quality players scored them. Worcester got a load of chances and really struggled to score and you just think that is, I don't know, and you look at say Newcastle and they've got Sonotti, Sonotti, Kibberigie, Ricky Gonover. When the opportunities come, they often score. When you look at Bristol, you think they've got Moraham when he's fit. They've got Pierrow when he's fit. Yeah, you know Luke Daniels a really good player. You know, so it's they will they will score tries. And you look at Worcester and think, mm, I'm not sure they quite got enough tries in them to stay up. Um, that's what I thought. Bryce Heen was ridiculous again. I mean, not he wasn't ridiculous. Not the best game I've seen him play, but still, yeah, pretty much. You know, pretty much the best player uh, in his team, but. Do you know what? It was unbelievable to watch Chris Robshaw live and not, not at Twickenham, you know, so you're actually quite close to the action and all that. Okay. It's just relentless. And it's one of those things that, if you're looking for standout moments, there was a turnover, there was a couple of good tackles there, but actually it wasn't that. He's a sort of player that, if you watch a bit of rugby but not all of it, you might say, well, what's the point in Eddie Jones picking him? He doesn't really do anything, stand out. If you watch that game... Honestly, if you are if you watch that game, you'd pick him for England.
2: Just a diesel, like, though, isn't he?
3: Mate, it was just relentless. In the end, you could see the Worcester boys, a couple of the Worcester players, what's going on? like? What's shouting at each other? What's going on? And one of them, I think it might have even been Francois Hoard, I can't remember, just point, gestured towards Rob Shaw and said, it's him. What are we supposed to do? He was just all over them the whole game. Like He never slowed down. He looked exhausted after three minutes, Yeah, like in Polo does, but never slowed down. Just unreal. If he and was a
2: car or a vehicle, would he be like a, a Land Rover Defender?
3: No, he wouldn't. All no. Right. Do you know what he'd be? He'd be... That's a bit too agricultural because he's got a bit more tune than that. He would be two-litre Golf TDI.
2: No he's, you know not, what? He, no, he's not quick. No, he's not quick. He's not quick. He that's does, not a that quick car.
3: Do, a GTI? G, no, sorry. Sorry. TDI, I said. Oh. Turbo-diesel.
2: <sighs> yes. I'm with you. Now. Right, two yeah.
3: liters. So you get a load of economy, enough enough performance to just about keep you interested, and it will go and go. And it, do you know what, it won't it won't let you down. So go and buy a Ferrari if you want, but it don't like the rain. Okay, you need to change its fan belt every two years. It will cost you ten grand a year to run it. Mm. Lo- you're talking low maintenance, high output.
2: Okay, but it's German.
3: GZ was good. But it's German. easy um, was
2: Bristol Bears, yeah. La Rochelle. So you were commentating. You were there. Was there? Oh, I was there, of boy.
3: You were. Uh, Piers O'Connor, the centre, played at fullback. He was really good. Really, really good. But he was in a team that was smashed to pieces. I mean, Bristol got completely bullied by Did Lara you know Shell. Kevin
2: Morgan's gone to Bristol? Has he? So Kevin Morgan is a former 15 for Wales, Swansea, the Dragons. And he's now, he was over in, I think he might still do the Georgian rugby team. He was at the Ospreys for a while, but now he's gone to Bristol with John Thomas looking there after him there that's nice jt rang me the other day and said you never guess what who's just turned up in a meeting the rat <laughs> 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 he looks like a rat yeah
3: i like that yeah um, um, that's the only reason so that's so still got beaten up up front they just had way too much power yeah lower shoulder. but it also raised at the back that the full back just skinned them just shredded them they weren't they weren't ready for him at all martin gillingham made a really good point in i think it was a quip actually in commentary but i think it was really A good point because he said it's almost like they've done all this, they'll have done loads of video analysis, Bristol, for La Rochelle, but it's almost like they didn't realise this guy was going to be playing because they couldn't deal with him at all. Mm. Raz, a skinny little fullback, he just tore them to shreds. Absolutely. It's
2: like Colby, isn't it? You know, you chuck someone like that in the mix who you don't know at all, it just makes you look silly.
3: What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Here's one for you Mm -hmm. Mike Ford has arrived at Leicester
2: Tigers. Yes, I thought that might have been an April Fool's joke, but. Yeah. You can't have them after 12 o'clock, so it's true. No,
3: he's arrived. Um, George Shooter's reaction on, uh, he's been pretty scathing of Tigers his last few weeks, or a little while on Twitter. Yeah. George says what he thinks, he's great. And he was like, brilliant. They talked about scouring the world, he said, and the results of their scour the world coach tour, you know, scour, world, whatever it is, scour the world search for a elite coach has led them to the bloke who's there every week in the stands, whose two sons play for the club that sort of stuff and Mike Ford has obviously been brought in to rescue Leicester Tigers because they're mm-hmm. struggling in relegation terms and it you know there, there will be a million opinions um on this and a lot of people will talk about character and personality and that sort of stuff i i think for me my 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 experience of his coaching is very limited he coached me on one tour and i must say i thought he was very very good um but what i would say is I worked at Bath a bit when he was there and watched a lot when he was there and what I would say is that I think it is it is possible for father-son, coach-player relationships to be okay um, but it is much easier for them not to be okay and I think what happens is, you know, you think about WASPs, it works quite nicely but it's also quite handy that Thomas Young is the best player in the club. Um, that's quite handy but you get the impression he gets no special treatment. And for his first season or so, he, didn't, he barely got a game. Yeah. Um, there were periods at when George and Mike were at Bath together that in my opinion, it's only my opinion, I know some people share it, but this is my opinion, is that there were times when George the a wonderful player, he's your first choice 10, but no matter how poorly he was performing, they wouldn't replace him. Mm. And it got to the point where it was embarrassing and the cameras would pan to the bench. And all right, they didn't have a you know, sort of a rock star player on the bench, but they had someone and George was underperforming because it happens to everyone in that, in, in that sort of second season as Bath 10 after a brilliant first season. And they just would not replace him. And it was just cringe. It was properly cringe from where I'm sitting as a rugby fan. And I also think that lads need to be able to chat openly in changing rooms. You need to be able to chat openly when you're sitting in the recovery bath and have a rant if you want and have a, you know, have a gossip or have a, bit of a sap bit of a sappuccino and you can't do it if one of the lads sitting there and especially now at Leicester two of the lads are the sons of the coaches so it can work the Ackermans at Gloucester made it work Die Young and Thomas Young made it work um yeah in my experience last time this combination came together it didn't work however George is playing brilliantly well for Leicester even though they're struggling he's been excellent for them this season and he was excellent again last week when they lost to Northampton. He was really good again. Mostly, um, the team isn't functioning. But I, I don't know. I think it, it's a, it's a, it's a desperate choice because anyone else, anyone they might want is probably contracted elsewhere, and they need someone now. Well, yeah. Not, who, are you, who are you going
2: to get in April?
3: Yeah, and that's not to say you've got to be desperate to hire Mike Ford. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they probably. Had but all no the good
2: options. coaches are going to be contracted. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, getting
3: well paid by someone else who's not tenth in the league when they should be hmm. third or fourth, you know. So um it it's it I I do I do predict that it will have a bit of an impact. Um
2: maybe I do predict that. Um I want to know your opinion on one thing now. It's not related to rugby. So hmm. at the moment, over the well over the weekend, the WGC match play, golf, right, was being played in Austin in texas okay so right normally in golf you you're playing stroke play which means you just count all your shots you know there's no gimmies or anything like that but in match play you're playing against another golfer okay so there's gimmies
3: so you it's gimmies but you it's hole by hole so just
2: yeah it's hole by hole so you know you're you're two holes up if you if you tie a hole it just stays the same you know, until you get to the 18th, and some people win on the 16th because they're already three holes ahead or two holes ahead. Um, so what went on was a a putt by Sergio Garcia. Now he was playing Kuchner, and, uh, Matt Kuchar, and Sergio had a putt around about six foot, I think, to win the hole. Anyway, he putts it, and the ball goes an inch um, past the hole, so he misses the putt to win it. But then he yeah. just he walks up to the ball and he's obviously annoyed with himself and he uses the back of his putter in a stab down motion to knock the ball in, but he sort of mishits it and the ball goes over the hole. Oh no! Yeah. So, you know those those are just automatic gimmies. Anybody could put that. It's so close to the hole. It's.
1: I get it, wouldn't I?
2: Made. It's an inch. Yes. Yeah. So he's like that. Is just a natural gimme, but. Basically, you know, legally, I suppose, you have to look at the person you're playing to get the nod or for him to say, you can have it. But it's an inch putt for a professional golfer who's won a Masters, who's the record point scorer in Ryder Cup, right? So you're talking about one of the best golfers in the world. Now, Matt Kuchar has said, um, he's come out and said that... uh, he says, I didn't know... He He's not said anything, basically, to Sergio. So he says, Sergio, I didn't say anything. I'm not sure how this works because um, he's not given him the putt and Sergio's missed. So Matt Kuchar has essentially won the hole. Yeah. Um, when it should have been tied. So uh, Matt Kuchar's gone to, the ref, gone to one of the referees and said, look, you know, I've not said anything. I've not said he could have that hole and he's missed the putt. And... You know, it's an inch away. Sergio's turned his putter head around the other way, slammed it down because he's really annoyed, and it's not going. But that's—it's just a natural gimme. So Kuchar's made a massive deal like this, and Sergio said, "Well, you know, you can, you can um, forfeit a hole, so we're even again." And Kuchar yeah. said, "No, I, I, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to concede a hole." So it's a massive hoo-ha at the moment, and basically, you know, it's the rules are the rules, but. It's not the way goal should be played, as we've seen in cricket, where I think it was Josh Butler. Yeah, I think it was Josh Butler was stumped out by the cricket, and you know, it's it's things like it's it's what's for the good of the game as well. You know, you you help players look for lost balls. Um, You know, it's the spirit of the game,
3: and that's yeah. But it's their job. Don't give them points. Not giving. I'm happy to play by the rules and be a gentleman. I'm not giving you points.
2: But that is like a an inch, an inch away. That's just you know, in any other circumstance, that's just. A, a simple too easy putt but right. it's match point
3: it. you want my view don't you,
2: you yeah
3: tough shit should have got it in the hole mate
2: no I don't agree I think that's just All a right. lack of class
3: about the bowling thing
2: um, I think laws are the laws but in the spirit of the game you have to let people know um, you have to give them a warning first that's the way it works there's a I lo- agree you know there's, agree. A un- there's a lot of there's a lot of un- there are a lot of unwritten rules that go on in sport for the good of the game Um uh, and if people want to want to abuse that, then you know they're not they're within their right, but they're not going to be liked. That's for sure. They're not yeah, going to be respected.
3: Not, not everybody wants to be everyone's best friend.
2: Um, no, not, I, I'm not at all. The, I'm
3: of the opinion that keep you cool and. Slot it and don't expect fav. Don't expect favors, and if you're given one, it's a bonus in elite sport. That's nah, what I see,
2: nah, I'm totally the other way. I'm think. I just think that showed a lack of class by Matt He Just have said, yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't have. Of way, I would have given you that.
3: By the way, I would. Have, I hope that I would do what Matt Coochie didn't do. By yeah. the way, that's how I would do it. However, I look at guys that I really respect, guys like a, you know Martin Johnson or someone, and I think would he have done it? Maybe already have said, don't care what you think, mate. I'm a winner. And we all he did some bad things. He smacked some people. He hurt some people. And he's one of the most respected athletes in English history. So I think,
2: especially with golf as that. well, which is a struggling game at the moment because you know every all of the sports are sort of redefining themselves, aren't they? By playing sort of shorter, faster, different types of games, whilst golf is still quite a slow game. And I suppose this match play is quite a good fun because you're playing against the player rather than playing against yeah. the whole of the field, and you work your way yeah, absolutely. up, like that. So. Um, I don't think it's good for the game and I think Matt Kutcher should give himself an uppercut. He's also, also a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, I can't remember what it was, um, he hired a caddy that was a local caddy and they have obviously agreed a fee because normally your caddies takes 10, 15, 20% of your earnings no matter what. And most right. players have caddies that follow them around the world, the same caddies. But Coochers uh, taken a local caddy. I can't remember where it was, um, someplace way, way out where. And they've agreed a five thousand pound fee for this caddy to caddy Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar's only gone on to bloody win it, won something like 1.5 oh, m- one point five that was one point five million, and not given his caddy any more, just given him five grand, so that's it whilst most people most caddies be taking home hundred and fifty bags yeah plus
3: i w- i would like to think i would have upped his fee or her mm-hmm. fee whatever it was significantly at that point
2: yep yep so but there we are
3: you signed the deal mate
2: yeah you know it's legally he's right but it's still it's not a good look. It's not a good, look it's not a good look i agree too- with that it's like, diving, it's, like it's like diving it's not good look yeah in sport
3: yeah but it's not cheating that's different diving's cheating
2: no, it's not. It's not cheap. But there's, there are. Let's just agree. There are unwritten rules that players. Diving.
3: Tyburn has pretended he's to. been hit. He's been hit harder than he's been hit. There. That oh. is a. That's a dishonesty.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. But actually, what this, but what the other guy's done is actually this isn't. This might not be very good form. But
2: it's terrible form, mate. It's not even terrible form, form it's but it's not play.
3: the same. It's not the same as diving. Diving is cheating. We say it in football. Why can't we say it in rugby? It's cheating. Okay. I All agree. right. Yeah. All right, mate. All right. Well, a.
2: All right, fella. Um, You'll have to look I'll after to me next week all, on yeah. the pod, okay? You're going to be broken, aren't you? I am. I I might break down in tears. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Just don't, don't show me in. any of those animal videos on your phone. Or...
3: <laughs> rude Hullet's ones. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare he is. Oh, rude. What's he like?
2: Or any army um, soldiers coming back to see their kids from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the
3: army guy that walks in and sees his Alsatian. After yeah. Ar- or the army
2: guy who's son's blindfold boxing and then realizes it's his dad when he takes off the blindfold.
3: Yeah, and he's knocked his dog out. No Yeah. Think. Anyway. All right, mate. All right, fella boy. Well done. Well bye, done, everyone.
2: Right. Bye, bye.
3: Bye.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.